Appreciate you, Coop. Happy Monday. I am Chris Cuomo and welcome to primetime. The question is simple. Did Trump encourage or stir up the events of January 6? If you think he did, that is called incitement. And it is why he was impeached. It's hard to argue His constant lies about the election being rigged, lies about proof that didn't exist, lies about biased judges, some of whom he put on the bench, and bad politicians, many of whom he supported and were from his party, did not make people distrust to the point of this insurrection. That's why almost all the senators in his party don't want to have to answer that question. We are hours away from the first ever second impeachment trial of a president in United States history. And his party wants to pretend the trial is improper so they don't have to be on record ignoring everything that most will see as obvious. Trump's lawyers argue this is all unconstitutional and political theater by Democrats. Two points. First, this was by far the most bipartisan impeachment in our history. Ten members of Trump's own party formally accused him of a high crime. Second, if that's what you think, why don't you go to court? If you don't think the Constitution means what it says about a trial following the impeachment, go to court. They can't. Do you know why? Because this is not about the law per se. Despite all the familiar terms like trial and jurors convict, this is a political process. It is about votes and integrity. Trump seems to have the former in his pocket, and these senators appear to have too little of the latter. And so, the trial will begin with a four-hour debate on the constitutionality of it all, which really means why they don't want to do what the overwhelming number of legal scholars agree they must do, including Chuck Cooper. You know him? He's a big shot conservative lawyer. He's represented House Republicans and John Bolton, even Ted Cruz. He was an advisor to his campaign. He says, look at Article 1, Section 3 of this Constitution. In there, it says the Senate has an option for more punishment than conviction. Quote, disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. And that punishment can only be imposed on a former officer like Trump. So if there is a, an option to disqualify, how can it be unconstitutional to create that option, right? That clause can only apply to someone who is out of office. So here is the problem for the GOPQ and for Trump. Their argument on the law is weak, but their argument on the facts is weaker, okay? They couldn't even spell united in his brief, let alone cogently argue that Trump was trying to keep us that way. They're arguing the people who criminally breached the Capitol did so of their own accord and for their own reasons. So you don't think this encouraged them? And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And we're going to the Capitol. We're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. He used the word fight or something like it 20 times in that speech on January 6th. And then during the coup attempt, 
He went home to joyfully watch and attacked Mike Pence to keep whipping them up, stirring them up, encouraging them, tweeting, Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done, which is not even fair. It's not even true. Pence had no ability to do anything. A big problem, though, with their factual argument is that you know who disagrees with that argument? The people who attacked the Capitol. That's why I've been having their lawyers on the show. Some of the suspects rounded up have told, as you know, you've heard it here. They've told authorities their actions were motivated by their support for Trump and felt they were being asked by him to take action. They say they did what he said to do and stopped when he said to. And I have new proof of that for you tonight on the eve of the trial. His lawyers are also going to say it's not true that Trump didn't act swiftly enough to stop them. If so, why were his aides said to be struggling to get him to understand how serious the attack had become? Why did House Minority Leader McCarthy apparently urge him to denounce what was happening and they got into a heated exchange? Trump didn't even attempt to secure the safety of his own vice president. But finally, he was convinced to say something. Go home. We love you. You're very special. We love you. You're very special. That's the message to people rioting and trying to overturn our democracy, murdering a Capitol Police officer, maiming others, maim as in losing fingers, maybe an eye, a guy pleading for his life, injuring more than a hundred sending Pence and lawmakers running for their lives. Trump acted swiftly. You know when that video was? More than three hours after the first barricades outside the Capitol were breached. And there's a fact question that you guys don't hear enough. Why did Trump try to phone Senator Tommy Tuberville during the attack to try to slow down the certification vote? Remember, he accidentally first called Senator Mike Lee who then handed the phone to Tuberville or Tuberville. His lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, also mistakenly called lead for the same reason, and that's on tape. Senator Tuberville, or I should say Coach Tuberville, this is Rudy Giuliani, president's lawyer. I'm calling you because I want to discuss with you how they're trying to rush this hearing and how we need you, our Republican friends, to try to just slow it down Slow it down while under attack. Does that sound like you're trying to put down an insurrection or benefit from it? Now, does the former president have a case on the law or the facts? And how will senators from his party justify ignoring all of what is just too obvious? Let's bring in the better minds, Norm Eisen and Michael Smirkanish. Um, Good to have you both. Norm, The idea of uh, anything happening in this four-hour debate tomorrow to stop the trial, what's the chance? Uh, Well, uh, zero. Uh, Chris, thanks for having me back on the program. Uh, The majority leader, Senator Schumer, has made clear there is going to be a trial. The House managers are ready for a trial, uh, and there is going to be a trial. This is a futile constitutional debate 
that uh, the GOP minority is forcing. They already lost it, Chris. Over 150 constitutional scholars, left, right, and center, even Chuck Cooper. He was my main adversary when I was co-counsel in the previous impeachment, uh, representing John Bolton, wouldn't produce him. Even Chuck Cooper says it's baloney. Uh, They're doing this because they don't want to face the reality. Donald Trump inciting an insurrection. They don't want to talk about that. They'll talk about anything else. That's why we're having this debate. Michael, your take. So I find the case for incitement to be compelling. Now you know where I'm coming from. But I don't think the jurisdictional battle is frivolous. And Norm didn't use that word, and neither did you. But everybody keeps talking about Chuck Cooper. You know what I found significant about this op-ed? He said that scholarship on the question has matured substantially since the Rand Paul vote. The Rand Paul vote was January 27. You mean all these constitutional minds have matured in the last 10 days or so? I hate to say it, Chris, but I think that many people are looking at this and suiting up in their usual jerseys determined by who the litigants are. And as evidence for that, I point out to you that in December of 2019, Matt Gates proposed the idea of impeaching a former president, Barack Obama, And Sal Rizzo, the fact checker at the Washington Post, went out and surveyed the academic community, and it was a mixed bag. And I think it's a mixed bag. But I have to say, I find that the well is now being poisoned because people are saying, ah, it's Trump. Sure, we can go ahead and have this trial. Uh, He's got two problems, Norm, and you should address him. One is when was Obama impeached? Uh, You know, Trump was impeached in office. And it's an extension of that. And the second thing is Michael ignores the analysis. The analysis is not about the scholarship changing. It's that Section 1 of uh, Article 3 uh, says they have an option to disqualify. How can you have that option if you don't have a trial? And the only people who are eligible for that are people who've been removed. Um, Why isn't this resonating? Well, we, we can go back a lot further than uh, Obama and Matt Gates to see the origins uh, of this, Chris. Um, uh, the, the, when the Constitution was debated, the example that the framers pointed to over and over again was the Hastings impeachment. Guess what? An ex-official. When they voted on Belknap in the 19th century to impeach Guess what? An ex-official. John Quincy Adams said, I could be impeached to my dying day. So whatever the back and forth, this is not a close question. And that's why it's not resonating. That's why it's being seen uh, as a partisan uh, uh, ducking and dodging by the Republicans. And the mere fact that the uh, uh, I think it is a false symmetry to say that both sides are taking their Uh, political, their usual political sides. No, this is not a close question. You can impeach an ex-president. Why not argue the facts, Michael, uh, that you know, okay, because fine. the facts, supposed because to have the facts the are not on his side. Why not? Because the facts are not on the fact. No, but Chris, the facts are not on Trump's side. I began by telling you right. both. I find the case for incitement to be compelling. Right, why? I think Donald Trump incited that rally. So you you know the way that you works. heard him if say. If the facts are on your side, you, you argue the say, facts. And I, if the facts aren't on your side, then you argue the law. You heard him utter the talismanic words that make up the Brandenburg test. You heard him say, I think I, I want you to leave here right now, go down to the Capitol, attack the cops and go in there and find the members of Congress. You heard him say that. 
I really did, Chris. And you know what? With a little cover your ass, CYA, use of the word peaceful thrown in the mix just to protect himself. It's not just January 6th. You've got to look at the totality of what he was doing from November 3rd through January 6th. So I'm a believer. I just, I just, I'm getting incensed at the idea that everybody's on the same page on the jurisdictional question, because I don't think that's the case. I don't think they're on the same page either. And if this is you incensed, you got to come spend more time with me, Michael. Because <laughs> that's not nearly enough if you're incensed. But, you know, Norm and I did this on the radio today. Um, so for those who listen, uh, I don't mean to repeat it, but I want another bite at the apple because he beat me so swiftly on the show today. Uh, Norm, if this were a criminal case, again, I don't think you make the Brandenburg test. And I don't understand why they're not leaning into that as, look, this guy's got a big mouth. Arguably, he's a liar. But he was not giving directional indicative language to these people any more than he ever has when he was telling people at his rallies, I'd like to punch that guy in the face and you should go after fake news. He's a hothead and a demagogue that doesn't make him guilty. Well, Chris, that's the problem uh, with using uh, the more borderline arguments like the ex-president argument. Um, uh, it, it occupies the airspace that they could be using uh, for uh, arguments about the First Amendment. It is in their briefs. They do. Mm -hmm. uh, the Trump team does argument, does argue it. Look, as we talked about earlier today, it's, it's a rare uh, TV appearance, by the way, when I'm the calmest one of the three. As we talked about earlier today, Chris, uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, the, the case here is an impeachment case for a high crime and misdemeanor. That's the word that the Constitution uses, high crime. Brandenburg is for an ordinary crime. The Supreme Court has said when you're judging um, uh, government officials, you don't apply that same Brandenburg test. We've invested them in public trust. We need to hold them to their oaths. So the Brandenburg issue is really beside the point. Maybe that's part of the reason that Trump's lawyers aren't pushing it harder. Now, I do think when you put the whole picture together, yes, I agree with Michael. Those words when he said, we fight and we fight, and if you don't fight, you're not going to have a country anymore. Right. That comes on top of months of incitement, telling people their democracy was stolen. It comes on top of the president's inaction and gleeful gloating as the attack was going on, his delay telling the protesters he loves them and that it was a great day after they did a deadly riot. So, and right. what? And Chris, above all, as we discussed earlier, the protesters understood exactly what he meant. They said over and over again, uh, uh, the president ordered me to come here and that's why I'm here. And as soon as he told them, go home. You see them saying, why are you leaving? Oh, the president told me to leave. So now, I think it's a compelling case in context. I'm out of time. But uh, one of the reasons to understand why it's cogent from Norm and cogent from Michael is context. Um, you could have this jurisdictional issue, absolutely, if it were a true legal process. And it isn't. It's politics. And they have the ability to say they want to do it. And they did. And you may get away with this under this Brandenburg test because it's so specific about what you have to do. But it's not the test. It's about votes and political will and the sense of his abuse of duty. That's what these guys just did beautifully for you. I hope you understand it better, especially on the eve of the trial. Norm, Michael, thank you both. CNN has new video that speaks exactly to this issue. OK, I had this guy's lawyer on. 
the QAnon shaman. Remember, all of you got angry. You said, why are you having this guy give a defense? It was never giving him a defense. He's always going to be in trouble legally for what he did. But why he says he did it would matter. Remember, now it is the best evidence they have. That suspect, Jacob Chansley, is making his first public comment since his arrest. We've got that exclusively for you. His lawyer's here to give the message about why he did it and why he stopped doing what he was doing. Next. We have video that shows rioters were looking to Trump for guidance, even as they were inside the Capitol. Why does this matter? Trump's lawyers argue he could not have incited the insurrection because he was being metaphorical when he talked about fighting and, quote, of the over 10,000 words spoken on January 6, Mr. Trump used the word fight a little more than a handful of times. Well, he certainly couldn't fit 20 times in his hands. So if anything, there were huge handfuls, right? 20? But while they claim the Democrats are cherry picking facts, notice how they only mention one speech he gave and they ignore the months of fomenting that led to the Stop the Steal rally, which in and of itself was a protest with a very definite point of view of doing something to change the outcome of the election. The video you will see shows how these people hung on every word Trump spoke or tweeted. You don't have to even look far into the crowd for an example. It's as clear as the horns on this guy's head, the recognizable member of the mob, the shaman. This idea that because some people showed up to D.C. with plans to cause trouble ignores the fact that for people like him, Jacob Chansley, January 6th wasn't the first time they heard Trump's call to arms. This is Chansley, November 5, two days after the election, all fired up at a pro-Trump protest in Arizona. The same day Trump said this. We can't have an election stolen like this. We can't let that happen to our country. Then, two days before the riot, Chansley was back in his getup for a rally in Georgia. At some point, he did change clothes to a shirt and tie, but the message he heard was this. That was a rigged election, but we're still fighting it, and we're going to take it back. And then, here he is, six-foot spear in hand, trying to take it back, just like Trump had been telling him to for months at that point. If there were any question of whether Trump could have stopped this in its tracks, which is also fundamental here. Chansley explains why he left the Capitol. Listen. Donald Trump asked everybody to go home. He just said, he just put out a tweet. It's a minute long. He asked everybody to go home. Why do you think so? Because, dude, we won the day. My dad we said won. How do we win? Well, we won by sending thing. a message to the senators and the congressmen. Yeah, we so, won too. by sending a message to Pence, okay, that if they don't do as they are, as it is uh, their oath to do, if they don't uphold the Constitution, then we will remove them from office one way or another. His lawyer can fight to get him the special organic diet that he's requesting from jail or say he was only following orders. All that's for a judge to rule on. Uh, What matters in terms of the impeachment is what role 
Trump's months of lies played in laying the foundation for the attack on our democracy as experienced by one of the people who did that. Chancellor's attorney, Al Watkins, is here. Counselor, welcome back. Good evening. Thank you very much. So your client has something he wants to say. Yeah, I, I shared with you verbatim the statement that was prepared by my client, dictated to me by my client, and he has asked that I, that I cause it to be released to, to the world. Would you like to read it? I would love to read it, except I don't have it. You have it. All right. Here's, <laughs> I got you where I want you then, Al. So here are uh, the, the main points, okay? I am deeply disappointed in former President Trump. He was not honorable. He let a lot of people, peaceful people down. I have to leave judging him up to others. Also says, I deeply regret and I'm very sorry I entered the Capitol building on January 6, 2021. I should not have been there, period. Uh, he should have led with that. So how, why does he believe that the president wasn't honorable and let down a lot of peaceful people? One of the things that you've missed out and others have missed out on is the, the propaganda and the talk, the talk by Trump which was never comprised of a complete sentence, ever. No, no subject, no verb, direct object, followed by a period. That Trump talk, that propaganda was going on nonstop, not, not since November, but since prior to Trump assuming the office. Trump's tweets, his social media exploitation, What he said, day in, day out, that we all permitted, included untruths, misrepresentations, out-and-out lies, not every now and then, every day, not once a day, multiple times daily. You couple that with a a protracted period with COVID, social distancing, the, the absence of humanity around a lot of people who get their news from TikTok and from, from social media and from this Fox. internet co- coffee clutch. And it was a mess. It was a mess that created an environment on January 6th, which was not one month in the making. For people like Jake, for millions of Americans, they truly did hang on every word of their president, our president, the person that we permitted day in, day out to speak to us in ways and in fashions that simply weren't true. Does Jacob now believe, Chansley, uh, your client, that the election wasn't rigged? Does he now know that he was being lied to? So this is a process. The answer is yes. The process, though, is not something that Jake is going through alone. The process of unwinding from Years of Trump, years of lies. It sounds like he's being uh, deprogrammed from a cult. Well, I've likened the entire thing to to 1978 and Jim Jones down in Guyana. This is very real for these people. And these are our brothers and and our sisters and our our families. And they're millions of Americans. The unwinding process is not going to be complete at the end of this week, whenever this impeachment trial uh, is, is concluded. It's, it's not going to be over by the time of the next election. 
It's a process that's going to require patience and compassion. People who are introspective like my client and smart like my client and alone and able to exploit that, that time alone, he's moved through it more quickly than, than most of my white-collar crime defendant clients. Mm. That says something, especially for a guy wearing horns on his head. Al Watkins, I appreciate you bringing this comment here, uh, and especially on the eve of the trial. Thank you for taking the opportunity. My pleasure. All right. Now, again, I don't care about his defense and what this means for him in court. I think he's got trouble, okay? But on the eve of this political trial, the question of whether or not Trump was relevant as a motivator to people who did the worst things, there's your answer. Now, Another big topic, COVID relief. Who gets the $1,400 check? There's not enough discussion about this. That's all most Americans care about when it comes to the talks going on in Washington, but you're not hearing about it. Why? Here's the reality. Democrats are not on the same page about this. The checks cut under the last administration went to individuals making up to 75 grand, okay? A couple's 150. Centrists, let's put Joe Manchin in that bucket in the Senate, they want that lowered to 50 grand for individuals, 100 for couples. That may just be talk given what happened, what just happened in the House. Ways and Means put out its part of the plan today. It keeps the higher thresholds that the more liberal wing of the party has been calling for, but has a structure in there where the checks get smaller for individuals making between 75 and 100. As for the real world impact, We know higher income jobs have come back quicker. Lower income workers have not seen the rebound. At the same time, there are millions of Americans right in that $50,000 to $75,000 a year range who find themselves sitting in food lines these days. Okay. Meanwhile, you have Biden's team spending the weekend saying that they are open to all ideas. It's still being negotiated at this point in time. The exact details of how it should be targeted are to be determined. I'm prepared to negotiate that. I think he's going to have to tell them what he wants. I think he's going to have to figure it out because my understanding of these deliberations is that people are far apart. And there's this drumbeat of people that the right keeps bringing up uh, who say, I didn't need the money and I got it anyway. Why is my kid getting this? Why is this one getting it? Too many people are getting the check. So... This is going to be a problem, all right? The question becomes, well, what does it mean for the ultimate plan? I don't know, but I think it's going to have to be Biden not leaving it up to them to figure it out themselves. I don't think it's going to happen. Is that going to happen this week? No, it's impeachment this week. So let's talk the reality of what is to come with the New York Times' Tom Friedman. This is a huge week in our process of deciding our why. What are we about in this society? Next. Democrats have to make the case. It's got to be overwhelming. And Republicans have to show their true face. That's the name of the game as we await the start of the second impeachment trial for former President Donald John Trump. Let's bring in New York Times foreign affairs columnist Tom Friedman, author of many books, including bestseller. Thank you for being late. Good to see you, brother. Great to be with you, Chris. Thanks. So what is your take on how this plays this week? Where are we a week from today? We just learned today, uh, no time off for the Sabbath. So where are we a week from tonight when I'm begging you to be on the show? I'm begging you why. What's the headline? You know, Chris, I think the, the best that can come out of this is two things. One is that 
through the presentation of the evidence at this trial, for the first time, many, many Americans are actually going to see the speech that President Trump gave at that rally, uh, inspiring those people to um, to march on the Capitol and take it over. Um, they'll all make up their own decisions. But I think we in the news media got to remember, this is the first time a lot of Americans are mm. going to see that. Uh, and at the same time, this is the first time, if, as, as you guys have been showing, um, that they're going to hear those rioters say, we came here for Trump and we left when Trump told us not to uh, told us to leave. So I, I think that there's going to be a lot of Republican senators really squirming there, making a procedural legal argument while this really vivid evidence uh, is presented at that trial. And I think for 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 whatever, if, if, I think it's going to actually influence how they look at the president a, a, after this trial. So you think their key moment is actually tomorrow. They have to get as many people uh, on the right side of the aisle politically uh, to think that this is illegitimate and not even get to the facts. Well, you know, I think we know this is uh, the president's not going to be acquitted. Um, there is nothing that um, the majority of Republican senators, there's nothing the president could do that they will convict him because they all want to get reelected and preserve their free parking at National Airport and their 174 grand salaries. And they will do whatever the base says. And to me, you know, the most important thing, Chris, of the Trump rally is where Donald Trump Jr. comes out and says, wait a minute, this is not their Republican Party. This is Donald Trump's Republican Party. And I would say to all those senators who are uh, going to try to hide behind the procedural question that um, uh, when they do that. That's Trump, um, by the way. You may want to pick that up. Yeah, exactly. Hold it far away from your face. <laughs> no, it's, it's um, uh, sorry. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it's your pizza. Unplugged. It's um, <laughs> they're going to hide behind the procedural book. But what I would say to those senators, Chris, is you are all living on borrowed time. Because as soon as this trial is over, Chris, Trump is going to have a real coming out party. He's being, you know, a nice little boy in the corner right now, not saying anything because he doesn't want to mess up the trial, his case any more than it is. But when this is over, what Donald Trump Jr. said at that rally, this is Donald Trump's party, not their party. That's really going to come out. And then you're going to see every day he's going to say something. There's going to be another Marjorie, you know, uh, Taylor Green, whatever her name is, out there saying crazy stuff. And every day those Republican senators are going to be asked, do you agree with this? Do you agree with that? They're just living on borrowed time. They're in Donald Trump's house and they're going to be reminded of that. Then why not convict him and disqualify him? A very good question. And that is what I think Liz Cheney and Mitch McConnell um, actually believe that that this is their time to actually separate the party from him. But the problem is they've spent four years allowing him basically to um, warp the base of the party, uh, to get them to believe in this big lie. And having done that, they've, they've lost control of the party. It is his party. They are just renting rooms in Donald Trump's party. Um. It's interesting. We have a uh, full screen here from Senator Murkowski. Uh, I think we're in a place where Donald Trump is gone. You disagree. Boy, if you look at the base, um, uh, I, I just don't I just don't see that, uh, Chris. It, he still had, clearly has a hold on this party. Um, the only hope, I think, for the Republican Party, Chris, you know, I, I thought of, you know, the, the Democrats actually should make the Republicans a proposal. Be very simple. Here's the deal. Either you agree that we get rid of the filibuster 
or you agree that for the next four years, all your votes will be in secret because you're clearly a party that can only tell the truth in secret mm-hmm. um, about Cheney, you know, uh, uh, about, you know, Taylor Green. So 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 here's the deal. You know, either agree to hold all your votes in secret or we're going to get rid of the filibuster. But we're not going to go on with this madness where some guy sitting in Mar-a-Lago, you know, calls the shots in this in this Senate and this Congress. And I think that's what Biden has really understood very, very well. I've been so impressed at just the cool, uh, methodical way he goes through his, you know, goes through this process. And it's, it's, it's incredibly healthy and it's inspiring to me. Well, I want to tell you something. I think Biden's got trouble coming his way. Um, but just for some context of, of the point you're making right now, the poll, I know, I know how you guys feel about polls, but I'm just saying, um, Senate convicting Trump and barring him from federal office in the future. February 5th and 6th, this was done. Uh, U.S. adults, 56% approved, 43% disapproved. Margin of error is about five points. So, um, look, but, you know, for what it's worth, those are uh, the numbers. I think because of those numbers, I just can't get my hands around this secret vote thing. I know that they would be less malignant if they were in private. But I think that you have to stand up and be counted as an elected official. And, you know, the definition of integrity, you know, what do you do when nobody's looking? Uh, This is like the obverse of that. You got to do the right thing when everybody is looking. You know, that's the integrity of public office. So and I don't think they can hold private votes anyway, can they? Yeah, you know, I'm being actually facetious, but the point is integrity left that party, Chris, a long time ago. Mm. They sold their soul to Trump. And that's why you're seeing those with a shred of integrity, like Rob Portman, Shelby, um, uh, others now just saying, you know what, I, I don't want to fight that base, but I just don't want to be part of this show anymore. This party is going to fracture. I don't know when or how, but this can't go on the way it is. And, and we're going to see that fissure appear, Chris, as soon as Trump has his coming out party, because every day he's going to say some crazy thing. And reporters are going to be sticking microphones in the faces of those senators and saying, do you agree with this? Do you agree with that? And it, every day is going to be hell for them. Mm-hmm. And he's going to turn up the heat. They're just living on borrowed time now. But you know what I've been thinking about, Chris, as I was listening to your show, uh, the lead in here, I was thinking like, what are they doing in China today? You know, Chris, do you know that it takes four hours and 18 minutes to take the bullet train from Beijing to Shanghai? And it takes 21 hours to take the train from New York to Chicago. And they're both about the same distance. I can't, I'll tell you something they weren't thinking about in China this week. They weren't thinking about some knucklehead. They weren't spending the week thinking about a knucklehead who claimed 9-11 didn't happen. They weren't thinking about some guy who's a QAnon shaman. I don't know. They were probably thinking about some bad stuff with the Uyghurs and all of that. Oh, for sure. But I guarantee you, they weren't wasting their time on this nonsense. And how do we do this week after week, month after month, and think we are a serious country? We are so deeply unserious as a country right now. And we need to put this crap behind us, okay, and get focused on the future. Because right now, we are going to be falling farther and farther behind. And, and that's what's really on my mind. And that's why I am praying for Joe Biden, because I think he's a serious guy. He's trying to do the right thing. And I think he is cursed by a Republican Party that is chasing a madman who actually encouraged people to sack our capital. You have to stop and repeat that. They sacked our capital on the basis of a big lie. And now a Republican majority is going to sit on their hands and be just fine with that. 
Shame on them. Shame, shame, shame on them. I can add nothing. That sums it up in all its sadness and its different dimensions. Tom Friedman, thank you very much for the perspective, brother, especially on the eve of this historical event. Once again, living history with you is a privilege. New update on the race to vaccinate America. Now, this is something that is going well for us and by extension, Joe Biden. I think he's going to have trouble with this relief bill. I think the Democrats have to figure out what they want, who's going to get the money and come united fast. I don't think it's happening fast enough. Now, how about this question? A clinic in a state decides to vaccinate teachers because they want to get kids back to school and they don't think it's fair uh, for the teachers to not be uh, treated with prophylaxis. The state finds out they punish the clinic and have their supply seized. Right call, wrong call. Happened in Georgia. A member of the clinic is here next. It matters for them and it matters for you wherever you are. This is going to keep happening. Next. Who wants good news? I do. Good. On the vaccine front, we just learned from Pfizer. It is now ramping up production to double current vaccine output. A company spokesperson told CNN efficiencies. That's that extra dose thing, by the way. And upgrades in its production process will help cut down the 110 days it usually takes to make make a batch from 110 days to 60. How many doses in a batch? Up to 3 million. Nationwide, of the roughly 60 million doses distributed, that is um, Pfizer and Moderna, and we're waiting for others to come online, right? More than 42 million, or 72%, have now been administered. The efficiencies are going up on every level. We were in the hundreds of thousands. Now they're at over 2 million a couple of different days. Very important. Shots going into arms is moving toward the Biden goal. He's vowed one and a half million doses per day. The average last week was 1.3, up from 1.1 the week before. Uh, There's some really big spikes in there also, and then some lulls. Communities all over are working to speed up. The effort, however, has backfired on one Georgia clinic. Why? The Medical Center of Elberton was recently stripped of its vaccine privileges for six months. Guess why? Vaccinating teachers too soon. The clinic says they thought they were doing it all right. They say they swiftly vaccinated all of the area's known health workers in mid-December. Then the state changed things up, expanding the first phase to include people aged 65 and older and first responders. The expanded group was known as 1A+. And it wasn't eligible to get vaccinated until January 11th. But by then, the clinic says they'd already given teachers a dose. Within two weeks, state health officials deemed they were in violation. Most of their vaccine vials were seized and their vaccination privileges, like I said, suspended six months. That takes us to Dr. Jonathan Poon, a physical uh, a physician at the clinic. It's good to see you, Doc. Thanks so much for having me. What am I missing here? Um, I get it. So maybe you didn't do the teachers in the right order, but you had a policy argument for it and you didn't underserve anybody else. What do the state officials think? They wouldn't come on the show. I asked you to come on the show. You wouldn't come on. So now you're going to complain and say, I'm not being fair to your position. You should have come on. So doctor, from your position, uh, what did you do wrong? 
Well, we think that we did everything uh, just like the, the book. You know, this was something that we took very seriously early on to try to prepare uh, with all the county officials and our clinic to uh, get ready for this vaccination rollout. And so we had already had a lot of meetings beforehand discussing who was going to be in that essential worker phase and, and using the state guidance and CDC guidance. Uh, we were you know, uh, convinced that the teachers were part of that essential group, uh, just like their, their guidelines had stated. And so just like you said, we had uh, received our, our vaccine, vaccination shipments very early because we were ready with the ultra-cold freezer. And so as soon as we received them the very next day, we started vaccinating our clinic and uh, was able to make sure that all the uh, healthcare workers in the county were vaccinated. And then uh, per the CDC guidance, uh, we were able to roll straight into the next phase, which at that time was, was 1B, um, because the, the state guidance at that time uh, did not include a 1A+. Plus, and so we were not prepared for that um, when they uh, made that change. But just like you said, we had already vaccinated all the essential workers in the county, uh, which included teachers uh, by the, the first week in January. And so when one day plus rolled out, we had already started vaccinating some elderly uh, 65 plus and we're going right ahead. All right. So this is the best I can come up with. And again, I invited them on. Uh, they didn't want to come on. This is the best I can figure out. Um, no, no. You are being sneaky. Uh, you're being sneaky for a good reason, doctor. You're trying to help more people. You want to get teachers protected so you can have more kids back in school. That's a good policy reason. But you don't get to make the policy. The state does, following the CDC, and you didn't follow it. You went around them because you weren't supposed to start any phase until they told you you could, even if you had exhausted your population of the existing phase. And you went around that and are now pleading ignorance because... You wanted to do what you saw as the right thing, but you didn't follow their rule. Is that fair? Well, if the state believes that, I think that's misguided. Uh, we took every precaution to try to follow the, the guidance available. Um, we were very you know, well prepared with the county officials on, on how we're going to roll this out. And we read all the guidelines available. And you know, certainly in the state guidelines, they did outline um, the 1A and the 1B priority group. Uh, but in their, in their guidance, there wasn't any wording about uh, proceeding from one phase to the next. And so the only guidance we had was from the CDC um, website. I get it. And on their one website in bold font, we were able to find that the the, the phases uh, were to be transitioned very seamlessly, that in, in fact, they would even expect that some phases could uh, go simultaneously, that they did not have to roll right. uh, back On the CDC back. site, so, it says that. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about the penalty here. Okay. You went a little bit faster than other people. You're too efficient. Shame on you. Six months what will that mean to your community if you're not able to vaccinate where you are for six months? You know, we were vaccinating 60 to 70 uh, you know, patients a day, and we were hoping to, to ramp that up and, and vaccinate even and faster. Uh, we felt that like we got such a great head start in December and we had such great momentum in, in January uh, that we were looking to, to finish this very early. Uh, but not being able to vaccinate our, our patients does mean that a lot of them are going to have to look elsewhere. And some of these uh, uh, options um, just aren't very convenient. Some of them are going to be located outside. A lot of them are going to require online registration. And in a rural county uh, with you know, an elderly population, that's a very difficult task, especially when not everybody has internet access. And so uh, we were trying to afford a, a very convenient and very safe place. Uh, we had a, our own uh, trailer, which is uh, right adjacent to our property that was um, going to be isolated just for the, the vaccine patients. So let's so do this. They would not even have to come in. You're going to appeal. I'm going to stay on the story. I'll correspond with you and I'll keep covering it and find out what happens. Dr. Jonathan Poon, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Good luck. We'll be right back. Thanks. 
Time for the big show, CNN Tonight and its big star, D. Lennon. Look at you, right on time. You came back from the break real quick. Spot on Spot. on the eve of an historic <laughs> trial. Uh, your man, the former president, has a commission and an omission Meaning? problem. He has a commission problem because when you have the actual insurrectionists saying they did what they thought you had been telling mm-hmm. them to do, and then you did not move with alacrity, known as speed, speed. to stop it, you have a commission problem with what yeah. they think and an omission problem with what you failed to do. Now, that is a tough nut to he, deal with in this trial. But you yourself, as an attorney, know yes, sir. that this isn't a legal process. This is a political process. So all the legal experts, I'm just being honest, all the legal experts in the world can tell you, yeah. And people over at State News will tell you the same thing. I think he did it. But do I think he's going to be convicted? No. Is he going to be removed from office? He already is. Um, So will he be able to run again? That depends. Maybe there'll be a censure after this. Who knows? But... um, you know, I just think it's a fait accompli. It's already. But this is a problem for those know. people, too. This is so obvious because it is a political argument and not a legal one. I think the right. Brandenburg test presents problems. In a court of law, he'd have major problems. Yeah, I think, I, I think that, look, I mean, that Brandenburg test is very specific. But this is not that. And you hear these people and all the things he said for so long and then him failing to do anything about it. Mm. It is going to be a bad look on those senators for hours, 16 hours of hearing how obvious this is and then vote to acquit. That's why they were trying to lean on this propriety argument about whether or not this trial should even be going. But that's that's weak sauce, man. I I think you're right in that. But I just wonder in in this environment, I tell you what what um, the former president did. Um, He he made our attention span spans even shorter because he made our see. (laughs) So ah. he, that's good. This is so now they're seeing our actual relationship in person. So this is he, even shorter. So he there was so much news every single day. Think about it. We haven't had as much news with with President Biden. We haven't had as many um, you know fake news. All the people calling you know uh, calling your names uh, or the border. I haven't had a bottle thrown at me in like three weeks. I haven't had any people yell at me on the street. It's getting boring. It's, it's kind of interesting, right? I may have to start taking off my helmet. <laughs> I tell you what. But anyways, um, so I just think that our attention spans are so short. And I just wonder if that uh, if that if the same thing is happening when it comes to um, our politics as well. Counterfactual. Yeah. Uh, This will be the first time a lot of folks see and hear what he said on January 6th. Yeah. Because they weren't watching it. Yeah. And. We weren't covering it because there was an insurrection, uh, you know, going on and fomenting yeah. and things going on. And hearing his words, I think this is going to be a real problem. And, and this is the interesting aspect. Then I'll leave you alone. So you're going to acquit him because you don't want to be upset uh, with his base. OK, when you acquit him, he will own this party forever for the next four years yeah, or as long does. as he decides. So you Even are going to be convicted. in his pocket. Mm-hmm. By acquitting him, yeah. and you're going to acquit him anyway. The only chance you have to get your party back is to convict him. You're not going to do it because you don't want to upset the base. And then he's going to own the base, and you're going to have to beg him for everything you get. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I just want to tell you. So Chris and I did not see each other this weekend. No. So I have to. So Chris, I was on my way. You know, to the wing place that we go to, right? Mm-hmm. My car. <laughs> I have a four wheel drive. Slid off the road. 
I swear I was this close to a poll on 114. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Or is it 114? No, it was a division, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, and then I turned around and I went back to the town, you know, my little town, and I had wings. And the people said, what are you going to do? Are you going to watch football? I said, I think I'm going to go to Christmas. We tried. And then, but we slid off the road. So I stayed home. And I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have been out anyways. I thought I thought I had, a, you know, hey, I got a four-wheel drive. I'll just go to the wing place, and then we'll head over to Christmas. But you house. have that Fugazi four-wheel drive that's just for pretty people. <laughs> it's not like, you know, we, I'm not, not going to give it away because, you know, you do you. But yeah. that's what you get for that vanity project of a truck you drive around. Goodbye. I love you. I love you, D-Lemon. We'll talk to you later. Snowball fight soon. <laughs> See you later. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.